This message is a ministry of Plainville Baptist Church. www.plainvillebaptistchurch.org Signs that he did. But it said, but Jesus did not believe in them. It said because Jesus didn't need any man to testify to him about other people because he knew what was in man. That word believe, that word pistuo. Many pistuo, many believed in Jesus when they saw the miracles, the signs that he did. But it said, but Jesus did not pistuo, believe in them. Why did they believe in Jesus? Why did they come to Plainville Baptist Church? Is it because they're going to have a picnic this evening? Is it because Jesus could give them something? I don't know. I do know this, though, that people are still getting saved all over the world. And I do know this, that there are people who are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're still running their mouths for Jesus, telling people, challenging people to live right. Pastor Dave and I were in the restaurant yesterday, and I have the habit of telling people that I'm a preacher, and I'm going to ask God's blessing over the food. Um, is there anything that I can pray for you? And it's amazing what the waitress or the waiter would say. Yesterday, the guy said, I'm good. And I looked at him thinking, man, you're bad. You're not good. <laughs> uh, and sometimes, sometimes they would say, pray for my mom or my dad or my kids or the relation, whatever. And I do. Are you serious about the Lord? I'm going to talk to you about fellowshipping with the Lord. Here's a good illustration. Man, I hate being away from my wife, particularly at a restaurant, eating something that's delicious, and she's not with me. It's almost as if though I want to take some with her, give it to her. It's almost whenever I'm traveling, I hit her as soon as I get where I'm going. Hey, babe, I want you to know I'm all right. I want you to know that I made it. I want you to know. It's almost as if though I can't wait to get back home to fellowship. Nah, she's going to do what she's going to do. She's going to ignore me. She's going to <laughs> you know, do what wives do. <laughs> but I love the fellowship with the little girl. It's been 55 years of marriage. And we met 57 years ago. And had I taken her up when she proposed to me, it would have been 57 years. I just wasn't ready. I needed uh, some time. Do you love the fellowship with the Lord? Come on now, I'm serious. If so, do you spend time with him? I mean, if I had a girlfriend, like I did, I mean, I would want to be with her all the time. And I don't understand how that girl can live with a man and not be married to her. It just doesn't make sense to me. I couldn't get any girl to live with me when I was single. <laughs> How do they do that today? I don't know. My point is, I love the fellowship. I love coming here. I love spending time with Pastor Dave. And even when his wife came and picked us up this morning, and I'm sitting in the back seat, I'm just listening. 
And we get out, and I, I had to tell Laura, hey, Laura, don't you love the pastor and his wife and Teresa? Have you ever heard her sing? Ah, man. Yeah. <laughs> There's just something about fellowship. It's sweet. Now, because God saved me in Washington, D.C., drunk the night before, what do you do in the city? Come on, you party, right? And that morning I was going to church to meet that little girl because she wouldn't do right. She let me know straight up she was a virgin. What? Virgin? Man, ain't no virgins in D.C. She's lying. I know. So what? Meet you at church? Okay, I'll be there. Send him over time. What's the address? 649 C Street, Northeast, Washington, D.C. <laughs> I was there. I took a drink that morning. I needed some spirits because I was going to church to meet a girl. And that Sunday, God let me know, you old rotten no good, what are you doing here? What are you doing in church? <laughs> I couldn't say because I love Jesus, <laughs> because I love the Lord, I want to fellowship with the believers. No, I didn't go to church for that. I went because there was a girl who let me know she was a virgin. No, it can't be. I'm going to do whatever I need to do. And God set me up that Sunday. He let me sit in church. Preacher was preaching the word. The Holy Spirit was in that place. And I got under conviction. And I saw a verse. I don't know how I got to it. But it says, if thou shalt confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And I thought, this is what I need. I knew I wasn't saved. And that Sunday, the smartest thing I've ever done was to say, God, I want this. What about the little girl? <laughs> I've had girls before. <laughs> Come on, man. And the devil said, if you walk that aisle when the preacher gives the invitation, and if he asks you to say anything, you're going to embarrass that little girl. Because I am a and, I'm, and I was just about to do it. I'm a stutterer. I have a speech impediment. And I knew back then I stuttered so bad, not with girls, not with babies, that she would be embarrassed. Well, the preacher did not embarrass me because I did walk the aisle. And the Bible is very clear. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things will become new. And, I, and what I just told you, I say every Sunday at church. And they had the audacity to call me pastor. <laughs> a guy that was drunk the night before, took a drink that morning, went to church because he tried to corrupt a girl's life who wanted to live for the Lord. And God saved me. Oh, yeah, two years later, we did get married. Oh, yeah, I'm going to put her business in the street. She was a virgin when we got married. I tell you what. <laughs> and then our four daughters grew up and were virgins when they got married. And my son didn't have sex until he got married. And his little wife. How did that happen? I don't know. I loved my daughters. I told them how beautiful they were. And I tell my granddaughters, you don't have to buy any hair. You don't have to buy any eyelashes. You don't have to put on makeup. I was teasing your little daughter, you know. I said, now, when your wife put on her lipstick, she doesn't need a mirror. 
because I was putting my tie on, and Teresa was just watching me. I said, I don't need a, a, a mirror to put my tie on. I can do this in the dark, girl. She was looking at me. I said, it's like your mama when she put on her lipstick. She don't need a mirror. She's an old lady. She just whip it on and rub it together, and she was just laughing. I said, because she learned as a little girl putting on lip gloss. And your wife, you know, she was listening to me. She said, like you, Teresa, with the lip gloss. Listen. The people listen to me because they know God will change your life. So I got saved, and what did I want to do? I wanted to get to know the Savior. And the little girl, yeah, we just love each other. But daughters, I just... Love them. My son, I just push him against the refrigerator. I knew he wouldn't be gay. I knew that. I knew my daughters were going to get a husband. Because I told them, when you get married, when you get married, I'm going to turn your room into a flower garden. You're not coming back here no more. First John chapter 1. John is writing this epistle, and in verse 3, he tells us why he's doing this. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And here's what I want to know. John is writing... He said, I want you to know I'm writing these things to you so you can have fellowship with us and fellowship with the Father and with his Son. Do you fellowship with him? Do you spend time with the Lord? I'm asking. I don't know. John said this in verse 4. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Some translation would put our joy. That's why I'm writing this. If you spend time with the Lord, it will change your life. Now, I want you to know, to do that, it should be early in the morning. Get your Bible, and I know people don't carry Bibles anymore, um, but I do. Even on the airplane, I open my Bible. The person that's sitting beside me does not want to talk to me. <laughs> and I'm one of those guys who will wear a cap that will say, Jesus is Lord. Fanatic, right? Who cares? And when I was a sinner, I was a sinner. I ignored Christians. I was a sinner. Now, well, I have joy. Do you have joy? You will if you fellowship with him. How do you know? How would I know that you're fellowshipping with the Lord? Well, there are some things that will exemplify whether you're fellowshipping. Whether or not you're walking in light or in darkness. John makes it very clear. He says in verse 5, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. I'm going to do that again. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. See, John is going to explain this thing that 
if you fellowship with the Lord, there is no way possible you can still walk in darkness. Because if you fellowship with God, and this is John's purpose, is to let us know that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. He was a person. He was God's only begotten Son. God sent him to the world to die for sinners. And you know him, get this, as your personal Savior. He was a real person. You know him as your personal Savior. So you fellowship with him, which says that you're in a partnership with him. Fellowship. You share things with him. You tell him stuff. You know, if the children not acting right, you know you can go to the Lord. God, those teenagers that I have, and that and I had four teenagers one time. And then the son grew up as the oldest began to go away. But for a long time, we had four teenagers. Do you know anything about teenagers? Yeah, they'll, um, well, today they're different. They don't talk today. They text, uh, Twitter, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so glad I'm not raising any teenagers today. Because I'd probably be in jail. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I love teenagers. I I told a couple of guys this morning they were they were, they were pulling. I said, "Hey, where are you guys going?" And they're sitting in the back. I said, "I said we're going to get some coffee." I said, "Would you bring me some back? I like mine with a little sugar." And about my complexion? No, my wife's complexion. No, a little bit lighter. I'm just messing with them. Hey, those guys ignored me. <laughs> I asked them, I said, where's my coffee? And they had some flim flamsy excuse. Don't you love teens? They were wonderful. Fellowship with God, you'll be able to talk to God, you'll be able to share. Um, fellowship has that idea of communion, communing with him. When is best to do that? Well, I know all day long, but, you know, Psalm 1 said, day and night, meditate, you know. Um, this is, if you know that Jesus was God's son, that person, and you have a personal relationship with him, and now you have a partnership with him, you just want to spend time with him. Yeah. You can share with him. You can commune with him. But um, if you don't fellowship with him, you don't have joy. You're sad. You're miserable. You don't have nobody to talk to. You don't have anybody who can help you when trouble comes. That's what fellowship. So John said, I'm writing you these things so that you can have fellowship. Because our fellowship is with the Father, with his Son. Yeah. And I want your joy to be full. Now, you know you have fellowship when you're not walking in darkness because the two will not go. You can't be living in sin and fellowshipping with God. He said, if you say that, you're lying. Verse 7, if we walk in the light as he's in the light... We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. John said it just goes on, cleansing, because when you fellowship with God, you talk to him, and you tell him things. He'll ask you things. You know, it's like, and I've told you this before, when I got saved, I still had my cools in my pocket, and the guys at church would hit my pocket. They're telling you, man, you don't need to be smoking anymore. You need to keep your body as the temple of the Holy Spirit clean. And I would take it out of my front pocket and put it in my pants pocket. 
I don't want these guys irritating me. And then they would tell me things like, Alan, you need to get married. Well, what you mean I need to get married? I don't want to get married. I'm not ready to get married. Man, the way you look at women, no, you need to get married. So I proposed to Dot. I put a ring on her finger. I said, now that we're engaged, <laughs> yeah. And she said, this is not the marriage. You're going to have to wait for the wedding night. But come on, we're going to get married. See, when you fellowship with God, God will bring things out to let you know that this is not the way I roll. I don't walk like this. <laughs> so McCool's had to go. The Hagen Hag, Johnny Walker had to go. <laughs> we got married. And I can tell you, 55 years has been a beautiful, wonderful fellowship. You can't walk in darkness and fellowship with God. God will reveal things to you. And when he does, verse 8, if we say we have no sin, when he reveals it to us, okay? Folks have already talked to you. Say, listen, come on now. That's not right. You can't be doing that. <laughs> If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. God has already told you, that's sin. You can't say, no, it's not sin. It is. Sin is anything that is against the will of God, the nature of God. Okay? It's sin. The character of God is not like God. Verse 9, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all ungodliness. You see, forgiveness comes from confession. Okay, Lord. Confession is simply admitting, agreeing with God that it is wrong. And just as Paige said this morning, just confess it. That sin that you just did, confess it. One thing I found out in fellowshipping with my wife, I had to tell her the truth for many reasons. Number one, she remembers everything. So I had to tell her the truth because I, I forget. And so I can't lie. I'll have to keep on lying. And then I forget that I lied. So I have to be honest and be truthful. The same thing with God. Okay, God, that's sin. Help is on the way. It says God will forgive you. He'll release you. He goes on doing that as you go on confessing. Don't hide your stuff. God sees it anyway. And other people see it. <laughs> Do you know that marijuana is legal? Well, in Virginia. Is it here in Massachusetts? Man, you can smell that stuff a mile away. You know what I mean? And I have so many stories I can tell you. My health professionals say that when teenagers come to King's Daughters, is a hospital for children, this one lady was telling me that she asked them questions. She has a pad, and she says, now, how often do you smoke a week? Is it more than five times? <laughs> the teenagers, yes, more than five times. And she goes on probing questions, and she comes to me and says, Pastor Matt, what's happening to our young people? Their minds are messed up now with drugs. How difficult it is going to be when they grow up because it's taking their minds away. You know what I'm saying, you old folks. 
If you were doing crack cocaine, marijuana back in your day, for me it was alcohol, uh, it messes you up. And they're starting so young now. Huh. If you're not fellowshipping with God, more than likely you're walking in darkness. And that'll keep you. Verse 10 says, if we say that we have not sinned when God says you have, then it says, we make him a liar. And God is not a liar. God is true. Everything about him is true. And please, don't tell God he's lying. You can tell me that, but not him. And his word is not in us. See, as I read the word of God, I get under conviction every time I open this book about doing right, trying to please God and not myself. Fellowship with God. You'll know it whether or not you're walking in light or in darkness. Chapter 2, verse 1 says, my little children, and John starts off that way with children, endearment, these things I write to you that you may not sin. John said, I don't want you to be sinning now. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate, we have a lawyer, we have an attorney with the Father. He said, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is our lawyer. He is our um, person who intercedes for us on behalf of God, for us, and us with God. So you can go to him. He will tell God, listen, Alan, I took the hit for him. That's what that song was saying. He took the hit for me. I loved it. Like a rose crushed in the ground. He rose again. Yeah, God will say, listen, Alan is good. I got it. I got his back and his slack. It says, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he himself is the perpetuation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Christ died for the sins of the whole world. And we can be a witness. Don't be ashamed, as my wife said to tell others about him because he died for their sins. So if you fellowship with God, then it can't be with sin in your life. You'll have to get that right. And, 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 and 1 John is filled with illustrations to let you know whether or not you're truly fellowshipping with him. There's... Another thing that I would like to show you in 1 John 2, 9, whether or not you love your brother. Oh, he's going to go there now. See, that black dude here, he's going to talk about whether or not I'm prejudiced or not. Come on. No, that's not where I'm going. Not at this point. John said, I want to know whether or not you love your brother. And when you look in 1 John chapter 2, verse 9, he says this. He who says, yes, he who says that he's in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light. And there is no cause of stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. You can't hate people and fellowship with God. I don't care who your brother may be. It doesn't have to be a brown-skinned guy like me. He can be, like one guy told me yesterday, a vanilla brother like you. That's what he told me yesterday. Now, okay. You can't hate people in fellowship with God. Because Jesus came to die for the sins of the whole world. Thank you, Harold. 
Amen, the brother said. Okay? So regardless of how people treat you, you have to love them if you're going to fellowship with God. There's another thing in 1 John 2.15. You have to stop loving the world. Now, I hope you don't mind, but I didn't write this. Here's what he says. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Everything in this world that you see is passing away. So John says, stop loving the world. You can't be loving the world and loving God. Because the world is going to captivate your mind. You're spending your life going after worldly stuff. You can't fellowship with God. You don't have time with God. Because you're spending every minute, every hour in the things of the world. Now, I hate to go to the next point, but in chapter 2, verse 19, um, COVID-19, I did say 19, right? 219? COVID-19 has brought some deception whether or not you love God or not. I'm glad to see the church is filled this morning. Back in Virginia, there's people that are still not meeting in church. They have been deceived. And they're not going back to church anymore, a lot of people. They're not going to work in the children's ministry anymore. That's what they tell me because of COVID. Well, in verse 19, John said, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be manifested that none of them were of us. Now, this doesn't have to do with COVID-19, okay? I just threw that in to make you think. You know, there are people who were being deceived by others, antichrist and stuff, okay, against Christ. But it kind of reminds me, though, of a lot of church folks who stop church, doing church work. It's almost as if, though, man, were they serious in the first place about God? Were they fellowshipping with God? Because as soon as we open the door of Calvary, folks begin to come back. Some have never come back. Okay. They prefer doing church in their PJs. Live stream. I heard one pastor say, I'm going to stop live streaming. Make them come back to church. <laughs> they went out, my brothers, they're not coming back. Okay. That's just the way it is. In chapter 2, verse 28, there's that confidence that Christ is coming back again. And folks are excited about knowing that Jesus is coming again. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed to be for him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, and he is, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of God. And where John is going with this is that you're going to keep yourself in the love of God by practicing righteousness. You're going to fellowship with him because that brings you close to the Lord. And it helps you when stuff are happening in this world system. You have confidence 
that Jesus is coming again. And what John says, it makes you purify yourself. That you want to be found right when he comes. The guys used to tell me, Alan, every time you smoke that cigarette, every time you inhale it, you're really blowing smoke in the face of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. And I'm trying to figure that out. Now, the Bible says the Holy Spirit lives in you. Yeah. But when you inhale that cigarette, you bring smoke in your body where the Holy Spirit lives. Really? So you can't be inhaling that stuff, that marijuana, that stuff that you're putting in your body. Because the Lord lives there. And then, Alan, suppose the rapture takes place and you got that cigarette between your finger. What are you going to do when you get to heaven? What are you going to tell Peter when you rapture with that cigarette in your hand? Now, I couldn't figure that stuff out. So you know what I did? I stopped smoking. See, I wanted to be right when the Lord would come back for me. I don't know when. The Bible doesn't tell us when he was coming. But we know that he was coming. Now, we can go on and on and on in 1 John. 1 John tells us in chapter 3 about stop practicing sin. And I asked Brother Page for his notes because he did a great job on that this morning. Stop practicing sin, whatever the sin is. And I'm not going to name him because you know your sin are the things that you keep doing. If you fellowship with God, you can't be doing that. Whatever those things may be. <laughs> I'll just ask you one thing if you're married. How will the communication with you and your wife? Well, you're not married. Okay, how's the communication with you and your coworker? You say, well, I'm retired, okay? <laughs> and we can just go on and on. There are different things that comes to you, and you know those things are wrong. Just stop it, okay? And fellowship with God. And let God know, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I do want to irritate you with one verse, though. In 1 John 3, 14, I recognize this. I'll go to verse 13. Do not marvel, brother, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And we know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. He's just used the example of Cain killing Abel. He hated him and he murdered him. And I've shared with you over and over what I can't stand, what irritates me, is people who don't love people. Particularly Christians. We're supposed to be winning the world, sharing love with the world. And yet we go around as if though we are somebody special. And you are. But the world needs to hate us because of the love that we have for the world. I know where I am, I know I'm in Massachusetts. Okay, and um, I know there are some sins more prevalent up here than it is in the South. I'm not going there. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. But listen, <clears throat> I'm from the South. I'm a Southern boy. I grew up in South Carolina, and there's some stuff I can tell you. I can go back, and I'm not going to bring a walk upon you. 
walk, you know, walk. <laughs> I'm not going to do the CRT. Only you. No. All I'm going to tell you as believers, the world should know us <clears throat> by the love we have for one another. The last thing, and I'm going to quit, is this. When you fellowship with God, there's a confidence that you have in answers of prayer. God answers your prayer. And I know, <clears throat> we say, he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. Maybe true. But if you fellowship with God, he will answer your prayer. Well, those who've been here know that I'm going to have a, my gallbladder taken out Wednesday. I've not been eating right. I've been messing up all my life. And my, my gallbladder just got sick because of me. Did you get that? Yeah, I made it sick. With all of the greasy stuff, the fatty stuff. I've been putting in my body. The radiologist put a report out there, and the gastrologist told my wife and I Friday. He just laughed. He said, you got so many stones in your gallbladder. Well, we just need to take it out. My wife said, oh, no, alternative, you know, can't we? You don't take one out at a time. He said, there are too many. No, just take the gallbladder out. I messed up. So surgery is Wednesday. So my wife said, I want the best surgeon there is for my husband. I looked at her. Go, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and Dr. Lee, he and Dad already hit it off because Dad asked her, what nationality are you? Yeah, we still probe and get people to talk. When I hear you talk, I pick up your accent. Yeah. I told Brianna this morning, I said, talk, talk some more, talk some more. We want to hear that, this accent you have. <laughs> and he told Dot, he said, um, you guess. Dot looked at his last name, it was Lee. Dot said, China. Come on, Dot, no. Korea. And, and, and he did, he did. And they talked. And Dot began to name some food, and they just went on and talked. So since Dad is into this thing, he gives Dad a surgeon. Happens to be an African-American guy. And he says he's the best. So we leave. He's going to contact him. And we leave. And I said, Dad, no, 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 no. There's a doctor that serves with me on this board. He's a surgeon. He's a Pentecostal guy. When we pray in a board meeting, this brother is like he's talking right with Jesus. And I told him, Dot, I said, you know, if I ever have the surgery, I want you to be in that operating room. And he just smiled. I went to the church, and I emailed him. So I don't know if this is your specialty, but uh, this is my situation. They said I need to have my gallbladder taken out. And uh, Tell me your thoughts. And I went home. Dad said, Alan, you need to take a nap. You look like you've been beaten up on. I said, okay, okay. So I went in the bedroom. But I got on my knees. And I began to pray. Oh, God. God, I messed up. Man. No more barbecue. Oh, God. God help me. And God, I don't know this surgeon. My cell phone went off. I'm on my knees. I pick it up. I don't know the number. That will tell you. I answer everybody. Spam. I answer everybody. She gets irritated. I tell these ladies who called me, by the way, are you married? Excuse me? 
Are you married? They hang up on me. They don't want to talk to me. <laughs> and the guy on the other end says, Pastor Mac, this is, if you don't tell me his name, he said, I hate to call you, but from a professional perspective, yes, gallbladder is one of my specialties. And Pastor Mac, I'll be happy to be your surgeon. That was Friday. He said, can you meet me Monday in my office? Yeah. I said I was on my knees. My wife was outside in another room, and I went out, and I had his name written on a piece of paper, and I just gave it to Dot. And Dot looked, and Dot, huh, huh, huh? Is that a doctor? Then he'll do it. I said, honey, he will do it. Monday we were in his office, and he showed me what a gallbladder looks like. I didn't know. And then afterward, he said, let us pray. Oh, do you have a doctor, by the way, that you go and meet with? And he says, let us pray. Listen. You see, when you fellowship with God, you can have some answers to your prayers. I just want to encourage you to fellowship with him. I mean, he's a wonderful savior. I mean, you will have some joy. He'll put a smile on your face. He'll put some pep in your step if you fellowship with him. Pastor Dave. Let's, let's pray together. Let's stand. Father, we come before you, Lord, and we do bless you and thank you for this day. We pray, Father, that you would allow us to understand what fellowship with you is and the fellowship we might have with one another because we fellowship with you. Father, we pray and we ask, oh, Father, help us. Lord, for those, of, those who are here who know you, but have not been taking time to fellowship with you. Lord, might they repent of that sin, not seeking your face. Lord, you call us to seek your face. How many reject that call to come fellowship when you're calling us each morning? Seek my face. And our heart says to you, your face I'm not going to seek. How disappointing that is, O oh God, to you who gave yourself for us. Lord, might we see the glory of fellowshipping with you. Father, the time. Seek you early, you tell us. And we'll find you. Father, we pray that you'd work in that way. And Lord, maybe there's someone here that doesn't have fellowship with you because they've never received your Son as their Savior. So Lord, we pray that you would work in that individual now, that Lord, if they're here and they say, I don't know Christ, I'm not sure I'll go to heaven, Lord, that they would come during our invitation, that they would seek to make that right. They would seek to be made right with you. Father, I pray, I ask, O oh God, you would work in this way in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing before the throne of God above. As we, as we get ready to sing, are you here without Jesus Christ this morning? Would you come? Just as we start, somebody will be here to lead you to Jesus Christ. You come as we sing before the throne of God above. Let's go before Him. Let's sing that together. And if you need Christ, you come. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands, my name is written on his heart, I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart, no tongue can bid me thence depart. We'll take one more verse if 
you need to speak with the Lord, to fellowship with Him, just come. Take this time as we sing, seek His face. Lord, I want to fellowship with you. You come as we sing. When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there who made an end of all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. To look on him and pardon me. Let's close together in prayer tonight at the park, 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock and then afterwards we'll have the uh, food together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Father, thank you for this opportunity to be here, to hear your word. We pray, God, that you would draw us to yourself. Uh, dear Lord, you know what's best for us. You know that when we seek you, you reveal sin so we might confess it and walk in the light. So that you might hear us and answer our prayer. Father, that we might turn away from loving this world to loving you and to loving our brothers and sisters. Father, we thank you for this day. We praise you for it. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. You're dismissed.